0: Hello folks, you're very welcome back to the Real Talks podcast. This week, I had the pleasure to sit down with Michael Fenley, an eight-time All-Ireland winner with Kilkenny. Under the management of Brian Cody, the Cats have become one of the most respected and consistent teams in the history of the GA. so it was fascinating to get an insight into the culture of the group, as well as that individual mentality that Mick has needed to survive and thrive in a high-performance culture. Over the last number of episodes, a lot of the conversation has been around the relationship between sport and mind. But this week, the 2011 Hurler of the Year was incredibly honest about the impact his love of hurling has had on his body and the many challenges he has had to overcome. More recently, he's changed jobs, started lecturing, studied leadership and began his journey into the entrepreneurial world. There is zero doubt that Michael Fenley is much more than just a hurler. Before we get going, a special shout out to the Gaelic Players Association's Former Players Event. Which is taking place in Crow Park on September the sixteenth. More than five hundred legends of our games come together to recognise the incredible contribution they've made to both Irish society and sport. This series is all about showing you the more human side, the people that played our games, and I look forward to bringing you many more in the coming weeks. Lastly, this podcast is supported by Coach Finder, a unique server set up by Michael Fenley and Anthony Cunningham to match GA clubs with the right manager coach psychologist or strength and conditioning coach for them you can check out their website at www.coachfinder.club that's www.coachfinder.club for more information my name is Alan O'Mara and you are listening to episode 12 of the Real Talks podcast
1: Here comes Henry Sheffield from the line ball once again. Inside towards Richie Hogan trying to steal a march on the defense, Fedding it inside. Finally, Michael Fennelly. His first ever championship goal. What a time to get it. 35 minutes into the contest. And it's won seven to four points. And it
0: came from the line ball. And it's delighted the huge throng of yeah. Kilkenny fans who've yeah. yeah. come
1: yeah. up here yeah. to yeah. see yeah. their yeah. team win yeah. back yeah. Yeah. the Leah yeah. McCarthy yeah. Cup yeah. if yeah. they yeah. can. Played beautifully in, wonderful, fluent move, fantastic shot by Ben Ali.
0: First of all, just to say thanks for doing this and taking the time. I know you're a busy man, which we'll talk about as we go through this. Lots of different balls going on at the minute and juggling them, um, which is part and parcel of the life of an inter-county player, I suppose. I was going to start off just by asking, it's probably the quietest August you've had in a while in terms of inter-county hurling. I suppose just how have you found
1: that or how has that been for you? Yes, not only August, it was it was most of July as well, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I think we got knocked out at the, um, the start of July. So, yeah, no, it, you know, people say it's a break, but I've been rehabbing since last August, looking for games. You know, that went on for eight months of, you know, training on my own and doing running and trying to get that Achilles back up to where, where it needs to be. And that was a slog for those eight months. Uh, I had, had one or two small setbacks with the other Achilles as well, being aggravated due to compensation hamstring as well obviously like muscles are not working the way they should be during mm. that whole process so that was a, a tough time and again it was fine I had plenty of support and, and from the players and from the management and the physios uh, and that was, that was really important but obviously my, my championship this year was was two games yeah. within a week so it was uh, Limerick on a Saturday and the following Saturday we are playing Waterford and that was it so that was, uh, it, was you know, it took a few weeks to really get over to be honest sure um, you know, maybe if I was seven, eight years younger maybe yeah look grand go off mm-hmm. and do a few bits and pieces go off um, for a holiday or whatever but like, well, I didn't do anything um, started working back and coach fine and doing a few bits and pieces but but no it wasn't much fun in it now it wasn't a time off it wasn't a break I didn't want it Yeah. Um, but that's just the way it goes um, we've been very fortunate that we've never been knocked out that early before in my in my 11 years I think in, t- in 2013 we we're, were knocked out maybe the end of July the end mm. of August against Cork I suppose we were going maybe for you know, six, seven years of that—about well, seven years last day, seven, eight years last stage. We actually, I'm always getting another sure. final. So um, maybe back then it wasn't as bad, but but this year definitely, my le- my years are limited. So uh, you take every game; it's very precious at the moment. Yeah, I suppose like obviously when when any team or any player gets knocked out of the championship, but obviously it's a very frustrating
0: time, and you you probably do a bit of soul search and you look in the mirror. But I suppose from listening to you there it sounds like it was that even that little bit more frustrating because you've had to invest so much time and energy just to get back in the first
1: place. Um, did that weigh on your mind that little bit more then over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I suppose you know. I knew myself that this year would be difficult in terms of coming back anyway, and, and would I play or not, or you know, would I be fit enough, or would I be back to the same level I was the year previous? So there was probably a lot of questions like that being asked, and unfortunately, I hadn't much hurling done either, which which was another kind of concern and another bit of stress, really, too. Because obviously, if you're going into one of those big games, mm-hmm. you want to have a bit of confidence and a bit of um, a bit of hurling done too. Um, so yeah, so look, that was that was. Uh, it was yeah soul searching maybe, but it was just just disappointment really, and I didn't play well in the water for a game to be honest. So that made it worse. Um, sometimes I don't mind losing as bad, but if I play if if, if I play really bad, mm. that's what really aggravates me. And um, and unfortunately, that day didn't go too well for me. Um, obviously, we, we got a draw out of the game and we got to extra time. Like, but I think we were just we were always chasing that game. Unfortunately, we made some some mistakes and enough of us didn't play to to our standards and, um, and it was it's our, own, our own fault I suppose our own doing but Waterford are a good team we've had massive battles over the last couple of years with them um, you know semi-finals over the last number of years um, we drew them about two years ago as well I think maybe in a quarter uh, even before that yeah, before a quarter final round I think so uh, big games and look definitely deserved, deserved winners so far What's it like from the individual perspective in terms of having maybe not
0: had the full season behind you, you know, in terms of you feel sharp or maybe you feel like you've got the, the money in the bank for the want of a better phrase. Is it difficult when you're sort of hooshed back in for championship or do you enjoy that aspect of it? Do you, you again, like yeah, it's, yeah. dif- it's a difficult balance sometimes to get.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah. Like sometimes, you know, you could be training there for months and things are going great and come game day then, it, it, it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mm. happen, you play bad. And for myself over the last number of years, just with injury and back injuries and Achilles and ankle injuries, you know, I, I've been out for a, a, a long number of months and I'm probably coming into games probably with little little game time, little running, little fitness. But I suppose for me, I'm focusing on, I better not maybe be taken off here in the first 20 minutes, you know. So it's, it's Ma- more... Many targets the mini targets. Mini targets, yeah. So I'm focusing on just getting on the ball. and need to get on the ball as quick as I can because if the, as the game goes on and if I'm not on it, I probably will be whipped off because look, he's probably not fit enough. Maybe he's not up to it. So, you know, it, it's funny how your mind changes, your mindset changes. Whereas if I was training all, for the last maybe two months, training really, really well, going well in training, look, yeah, full of confidence. Yeah, this game now I should be flying, and next thing that doesn't happen, like you know. So, I've seen that over the years um, with players uh, as well. And even maybe maybe two or three years ago, I did get a good run for, for maybe four or five weeks of hurling, and I was hurling really well. And people are saying to me, God, you're flying it. And I was trying to, I, I didn't think it was going that well. But came the championship for one of those games, I was flat, and I was like, God, above, I'm better off just maybe not training for a few weeks <laughs> and just going out and playing. Yeah. So, it's funny how your mindset changes, and maybe you focus on one or two smaller things just about getting on the ball, and you know, you, you take a Everything else, and because you know yourself, you know for me, it's competition within that Kilkenny team. That's that's been the key to our success for years, and we need that back in the team again. And if you're concentrating on your performance only, and, and you know, trying to get that, and, and maybe having a bit of fear, I've actually been taken off. I think that's a good thing yeah. to be honest, because it keeps on your toes and it keeps you hurling. You know, I remember our Ireland final in 2011. Um, I would have got a few Man in the Match awards previous to that. Um, coming into that game, I remember the first half, I couldn't get on the ball as much as I wanted to. Just the way the game was flowing midfield, it, it can flow that way. I remember saying to myself, um, before halftime, saying, God, above, I better do something here or, or, I'll, be, or I'll be whipped oh, off. No. And next thing then, I remember going on, going on a run. And next yeah. thing, kept running running. Next thing, the ball landed in my hand, bang, in the back of the, goal, in the, back of the net. So it's, it's funny how things go. And I think, uh, actually Mulligan from Tyrone would have said something similar um, a couple of years, a good few years back when they played i not sure was it was at Dublin maybe, they went around the backdoor system and they had a load of draw, drawing games yeah. that year. I think maybe it was against Dublin and he, he said to himself, he looked over to the sideline, he saw someone maybe coming on, he said, I better do something here. Got the ball, passed about three players <laughs> and buried in the back. <laughs> bang the, yeah, the back of the net, and yeah. And played forever more. That's it, yeah, yeah. And had a massive year to go on. So it's funny how its margins are so tight and it's from success and failure, like it's just, it's such a small, um, it's a small line and you can either fall on one side or the other side. With that, um, I suppose the stage you're at now in terms of that experience
0: like over, especially over the last couple of weeks I've, are your where's your mindset at are you reflecting back on previous campaigns trying to draw from them or are you sort of more focused on do you know what I, I want to go
1: back next year and, and give it a go yeah if I, after the Watford game I, I had a small issue with my knee and um, it wasn't going away for a few days so I got an old scan on it and normally my knees have been fine for, for, for years and um, I had bony bruising on it and so I was like right look we'll rest that for a few weeks and um, which, which is not ideal obviously because mm. I want to get back into club training Um but then it still wasn't settling, so went went to the surgeon, and he looked at him and said, "Look, let's maybe look." let's do a bit of keyhole, have a look in and make sure there's there's nothing there. And there was a bit of cartilage damage on it and um, and there was a lot of bony bruising on on the outer side of the knee. So that was a bit of a setback again and, you know, I was just thinking, God, is this, you know, what am I doing here? Like, you know, like it's from the Achilles injury, from maybe aggravating the other one and now my knees seem to be coming at me a small bit. Like, well, look, a lot of players went through him. Sheffield went through these huge injuries too in his career and is still playing uh, at club level. Uh, So... You know, I'm, I'm coming around now better. You know, when you get two or three weeks under the belt, have a bit of training, a bit of rehab, you're feeling better about yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm just looking towards the the club, getting back for championship. And, you know, we'll see how the championship goes for the club. You know, I, I, deep down, I want to be there next year without a shadow of a doubt. But if I pick up a serious injury over winter, yeah. I have to really reevaluate things for, for my health. You know, I've gone through a lot of injuries over the last number of years but now I think if, if these bigger ones are coming at mm. me that's when the real problem arises so we'll see how the winter goes. I hope to God I will be there next year but I don't want to be going through another year of injuries and again it's a distraction for the team maybe they don't want to be there am I going to be ready for games yeah. you know not training again like you know if, it was, if I was a player and I saw another player like that the whole time God you nearly say would he better off maybe just walking away yeah. like and just let us get on with our get on with our maybe a yeah. year maybe so it can be a distraction too so I, I'm mindful of that as well yeah the
0: injuries like the injuries was a question I was going to come to a bit later on but you've touched upon it there so we might just sort of explore that a little bit more because I think as even as, as I was reading up over the last couple of days in your own career like look injuries are part and parcel of it and you know when you put in so much time and, and energy with training with games it's just a risk that very few get get lucky with and, and don't have to deal with I suppose the initial one that was really holding you back would have been that was chronic back pain was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I suppose how, how frustrating was that in terms of the back because I know sometimes if it's, a,
1: like if it's a leg or you can sort of get specific treatment on the back can be a bit more oh God, the back is a like the back's a nightmare um, the core, I think it was Cora Staunton who actually mentioned something there lately she had a back injury as well and she mm. said again she couldn't do anything oh, And it's a really frustrating one yeah and I could relate to her as well um, this year I haven't been too bad at the back because to be honest I haven't been training mm. so <laughs> it's when I start training I think and get into that intensity and those hits and the knocks and, and a lot of running maybe in the harder ground in the summer April seems to really be the time that c- seems to come at me Um mm. And whatever that is, it's a joints. Um, I have an arthritis condition, which is not helping the whole situation. Um, so I, I, there's, there's a lot of things like that. Like biomechanically, my body's probably not great either, to be honest. So some people are unlucky. That's why some people had to maybe retire injury from mm. hip, hip injuries and different things because biomechanically, just the body is not made the way it's, it's a normal person is maybe. So something like that can actually catch you out and unfortunately, you might have to actually step away from sport. But uh, thankfully, I've been able to keep going and I've been able to get through it. But the back injury is definitely... Um, I remember, I think it was what year was it now maybe 2013 maybe I think uh, no, was that maybe, maybe 14 14 was actually when it really came at me it was lower back kind of pain and it was very unusual and, and I felt it coming at me maybe around March April and I kind of just kept going with it I oh. said, yeah, it's kind of tightening up it's kind of it's an unusual feeling and I felt maybe I was unstable um, in terms of my lower back and then uh, if I ran into a player i probably just collapsed on the ground because I, I felt I had no strength or no stability there and um, I think it was an awfully game as centre forward I remember I played that game and I played it and I knew I wasn't anywhere near right. But thankfully, we went at their best that day and we won that game well. But about 15 minutes to go, to I was saying I mean, to move move him, don't hit off me because if you hit off me, I'm going to fall to the ground. The game was well over, but we're beaten by about 30 points. And I think, I think Brian just put up his hand, see, the want to come off. And I said, Yeah, I'm going to come off here straight yeah. away. And I knew straight away, look, this is not good. Uh, even going down to bend, bending down to rise the ball, I was, I was in trouble. Uh, my back was kind of just locking up or something. So went away, tried to see what this was about, what was going on, went on medication and saw specialists and tried different bits and pieces. And it used to just set off kind of like a few spasms. You know, the muscles started getting sp- 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 kind of um, forming spasms um, as well down that down that end. So that was causing more trouble and it was just triggering off. So eventually after about two weeks of, of maybe three spasms and trying different things, I just had to stop maybe for a few weeks and just let, try and let it settle and, and still talk to people maybe and see what we could do. and. Um, And that was very frustrating because I didn't know when this this thing was going to stop. Didn't know when actually I'll be back hurling. Will I be back hurling? So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of doubts there. And I was very stressed at the time. And uh, I'd say I lost about 10 kg in a space of six weeks, which is unheard of. Like that's the bones of nearly two stone, I'd say, Mm -hmm. nearly uh, close to two stone. So, um, eventually got on this medication, this medication began to work, um, helped with nerves, maybe in terms of pain, referring yes. pain up to the brain. So it kind of stopped that pain coming up, which again, is not the most ideal thing mm. when you talk about that way. But again, it stopped the pain for me and I was able to get back to do a bit of running a bit of training, but I could do absolutely nothing mm. not swimming, you know, uh, wa- walking was actually even a struggle. It was completely like inhibited. Like. it inhibited completely. Mm. And as I said, I was not sleeping right. I was a lot stressed and, um, and, even, and and not hungry, I suppose, and as well, and just um, my body obviously was in a, a, I was in a bad state, and losing that amount of weight in the summer. I think it was in maybe it was bones of July that stage nearly. And was that from not eating or what? Was no, that was just that? from stress. Right, okay. Pure, body, body, was just mind. Everything was it. just um, you know I, I didn't know what was going on, I suppose. And um, I remember I was just constantly tired, not sleeping. Uh, obviously not knowing I suppose when I'll be back playing will I be back will I be back playing but eventually as I said it did stop and I got back then thankfully for a Limerick game a semi, a semi-final where the lads threw me in half forward and um, and, did, and did all right, thank God. Mm. But again, that was a big risk, I suppose, for, for the management to be putting me in there. I was down a mountain away, weight. Yeah. Um, but again, my head was kind of getting in a better position. And as I said before, sometimes when your head is right, your body will go with you. You know, you don't have to be massively fit or massively strong at times. If your head is right, mm. you know, you can get through games. It's not ideal. It's no, not okay. I was just going you know, to ask. It, it, it's, it's not ideal because obviously then you're putting your body under more stress mm. and the, you know, inter-county hurling has gone so intense it's gone so high the tackles the running the sprints you know everything is, is increasing so going into those games you do need that conditioning under your body you need those weeks and months of conditioning um, so you can get away with that once or twice maybe but to be doing just it constantly is definitely um, is a in terms advantage. of how serious that was and obviously how f- probably frightening
0: that must have been in some way shape or form if you, if you try and take your, your head back to that space at the time mm-hmm
1: have you stopped to realise how much is going on with your body here or are you just thinking I need to get back for the next game at the time now I was just I knew games were going on and that but um, and we were winning thank God so we, w- we would have had a break from the Leinster final to the semi-final about six weeks so I knew there was a bit of um, there was a bit of time there that, that was with me but at the same time no I, I think I was just like just hoping this thing would just stop mm. and just just get back to a bit of walking and get back to a bit of jogging because I would have tried that a few times to get running and next thing it was set off every time and every time it was set off it was just oh, it just knocked me back about 10 steps every time uh, mentally and, and, and physically so that was tough and again no one could could really understand what was going on and maybe some some people might maybe, maybe I was stressed maybe at the time obviously I was stressed because of what was happening it, but lower back pain can be associated with stress mm. so and again from strength and conditioning I'll be very aware of that but it wasn't stress that brought that on it was it was other stuff going on with the body so um but yeah, it was, look, it was a bad old time. And unfortunately, then the following year, it would have kicked off again. And I, I knew, I knew the medication was there, so that medication would start me out. But unfortunately, two weeks after I was taking medication, it actually set off again. So then I was out for another number of weeks, got injections, you know, cortisone injections, um, steroid injections to try and settle it as well. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work. So again, body was going through um, a lot of a lot of rough stuff. And you're, you're keeping faith the whole time. But again, when something doesn't work, you, you are knocked back like you know oh. it's like as if someone is hitting you a good punch and you're knocked down you're flat out on the ground and you, you don't know what's the next step and that's where management and that's where the doctors and the physios came in and look mentally they would have helped me out in terms of dealing with all that kind of stuff and, um, and trying to stay positive and I'd be a positive person anyway even though with all those setbacks you'd still be quite positive like look things move on things will go on I'll be alright you know I'll get back again like so yeah, that's key because if you're not going to be positive you know you, you may just step away from it altogether
0: it, one of the things that I was always struck by with yourself was obviously there's huge trust there from the team and the management, willing just to put you back in to a big game when maybe you hadn't got the block of work that others guys who got done. But like trying to understand it from a little bit more from the player's perspective, like you when know, you're going out there, like is, is there doubts in your head when you're going out to play a game like that, haven't? Or are you just going out knowing, no. like, because it it's a very I'm trying to get a better sense of what mm-hmm. was going through your mind,
1: say talking out there for an All Ireland semi final, having missed an, a serious block of work. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm completely focused on myself, You know, for those games. So it's just me. It's I don't care about anything else. Um because I know, you know, I need to perform here. They are trusting me to play, they are trusting mm-hmm. me to, to start, so I need to perform. Um so everything in my head is just, get, as I said, getting on that ball and really getting on it as quick as possible because you know, and it's, it's better sometimes that way because it makes you get into the game quicker maybe. And I wasn't, I wasn't gonna be afraid of making mistakes. It's like, look, if I make mistakes, I'll be taken off. Look, that's it. Like you know, at least I tried. At least I got stuck in. But if I if I go through a game or maybe half an hour of not touching the ball and just kind of going through the motions, well then I don't deserve to be there. And and you know, I, I would be taken off, and that'd be a big disappointment for me if I was. You know, sometimes I think about that maybe letting people down maybe as well, like you know, for not getting stuck in so a lot of time it was kind of high pressure situations but I was just going to empty the tank Mm. empty the tank in those first 15-20 minutes and see what happens and again my fitness like that those 15 15 minutes are very intense Um, they're tough again my fitness levels I would have maybe at some stage looked at the line saying god I need to be taken off here because I'm wrecked but you know I, I seem to recover quickly enough as the game goes on I seem to actually get better I seem to actually improve in terms of my fitness and I get that second wind um, and when I get that then actually yeah, I can come stronger into a game so that happens numerous times in games I remember playing Limerick back in maybe maybe it's 13 again when we went through the backdoor system and again, I, I, I actually had a bad ankle injury that year for three months. And literally about two weeks later, I played against Limerick. And I remember thinking, you know, exact same thing and get in, get on the ball. And, but I remember my me, me legs for the first 10 minutes. They were heavy, the weight and, you know, the lactic acid was just firing up my legs. And I was like, God, I'm not going to last this game. But just kept ticking over, kept going. And, and a lot of the players obviously would have been training. Like th- that day, our team didn't play well. And here was me coming in after three months of not training. But just, it's a mental thing, really. Mm. And I suppose to say yourself, just get stuck in. Because within, f- within 15 or 20 minutes or 25 minutes, you could be gone. And yeah. that's, that's the way I looked at things. So it's mm. kind of a high risk, maybe. Mm. Um, and maybe when you focus on something small, I won't say small, but just a narrow kind of focus like that, maybe it can maybe help you, help you a lot more. And, um, and injuries sometimes, you know, it can be a good thing. It takes you... In one sense it takes your mind off the game maybe, it keeps your mind off the nerves for the game and what's the whole occasion so you're more focused on yourself maybe so it's funny how, how it can actually work in your favour on some occasions. Other times then you could worry so much about injury mm-hmm. that you, you miss the game. If you have a hamstring kind of tightness you're, like, you're worried about will it go or not and then you miss the game so it can work both ways. It's a funny one. Mentally, it's, yeah, a, it's a really, it's like, it's a really different than, or it's a really interesting dynamic. And that's why I was sort of trying to,
0: cause you'd speak to some guys and they sort of, they would say they need a good full league campaign under them to to go into the summer and really play where some guys, and you're one of those guys seem to be able to just, you know, mm. not just produce, because obviously, because the one question I was going to ask you, I was around, do you know those, like during those months of the injuries and the slogs and the gym time when you're own in the morning and the evening? Like I think a lot of people watching games on the tell you like go to games, they probably have no concept of that. They probably don't get what it takes. So for example, people see you say playing an all-hour final going, Oh, he's just back, like in a great form. But I think I think it's important to note and, and to really like, the, the volume of energy and time that would have gone in just to get to that. I suppose one of the things that was sort of interesting asking is what's what's the big driver in your own head when you're doing those lonely mornings or those gym sessions by yourself or with someone one on one? What's the thing that's keeping the fire in the belly there? Because, like I don't think anyone would argue that. by far these options to say feck this so I'm out of here like me, me body's had enough mm-hmm. what keeps what keeps you going
1: yeah it's, it's a good question in <laughs> the winter time, you know, at, time <laughs> at times you do ask yourself yeah, I know. Oh, what are you doing you know like mm-hmm. this is tough this is this is cold it's it's icy it's hailstones you know and um, you're in the muck and that like and, and you're it you could be coughing up blood maybe at the start especially pre-season like it's a tough time for training and that um this year in particular, for me, obviously, I was coming back from Achilles. So every session I was, you know, I'd be getting better. I'd be running, like, you know, I'd learn how to walk again, learn okay. how to jog and all that. So these are all baby steps. And my God, and every time, every time I see a bit of progress or a bit of progression, I'd be I'd be so happy leaving mm. the, the, the training field. So that, for, that that year was a bit different for me because, you know, I need to get back running anyway. Like, that's life um, for health and that. Like, so I need to get back um, into, into normal fitness. But again, yeah, just, I suppose, from last year's defeat and the other final, um, and trying to get back up like my as I said my years are precious at this stage now and trying to get back up to those heights again and playing in Crow Park and these and it, not even Crow Park maybe other places too where you have big Nolan Park Turtles mm. huge crowds people backing you people shouting you know supporting you and, and I've met so many people this year in particular 2017 on the streets and you know so kind words text messages about great to see you back and hope the injury's coming on okay and just really genuine people, and, and, and that, that, I love that. And again, you maybe feel that like you owe them something as well, maybe. But what drives me, I suppose, is this thing doesn't last forever. You get an opportunity to play in front of these crowds. You get an opportunity to play for Kenny. You get an opportunity to play uh, with, with those team members with some of the greats of Henry Schefflin and JJ Laney and Tommy Walsh. So these great hurlers where you can learn from. Like you're in an environment there that people would love to be in. Mm. So it's um, it's very unique. And when when it's over, like you know, I'd say. It's, it's, it's probably desperate, maybe, I'd say, in one sense. Like During the league campaign this year, I would have been in the stand for every game. I wasn't even with the players with a good few injuries. So it was probably two or three of us together the whole time in the stand. And just looking in, like saying, God, you have an opportunity to get back out there again. Mm-hmm. And that's when you realise, you know, everyone would love to say, God, give me a game out there. The, the atmosphere, the, the environment, the hype, you know, the intensity, the hits, you know, everything like that. Like, so that's, that, that does open your eyes, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, when you actually step back from it and, and where you can't play. And then you're like, oh, I need to get back there. Whereas in some times during a season where you're training a lot, you're like saying, God, give me a break for a week or two. It's funny how it, yeah. how it goes, you know. And sometimes you do need to step back and actually have a look at it from the outside and say, yeah, look, God, this is this is great where we are, the environment we're in, and uh, I'm playing for a King Henny. So that's why I always drive around. I'm quite ambitious as well. We won all Ireland, but I, I never look at the past, to be honest. Look at the future, look at, the, you know, work on the present, look at the future, and trying to win as much as I can, I suppose, and do, do as much as I can. I don't want to be saying years years to come. God, I retired too early, maybe, or I didn't put in that effort, or if I'd do this, I don't want to have any regrets. Really, I suppose, um, and that's really important. So, and we have a great environment. Brian Cody would have set up a great culture, a great environment, and that's the that's the foundations to our success. Really, without that, I've no doubt people would have been distracted by other things. They mightn't have been as ambitious. They mightn't have been as ground ground footed. And I, I'd say we wouldn't have won half of things, to be honest. You know, you can have a great you, you could have an all star team there, but if they're not all you know, feed firmly on the ground, on not singing, off the same hymn sheet, working together. You know, not getting ahead of yourselves. So, you know, that happens in a lot of teams mm. over the years. Uh, so I think he's been he's set up that structure, that environment, that culture. That's key to success. And then it's about the players, and I suppose coming together, and whether you're good enough or not. One of the things, and I said, I will move this. Com- I will move this conversation on from hurling
0: shortly. But one of the things. I, I always found really interesting watching the county from the outside was that like, there seems to be a natural apprenticeship you have to serve when you come on the panel and even I was looking up yourself yesterday and you know, there was the two or three years where you're coming on maybe you get a start you're not playing the next day and I was just, it made me think about other counties because sometimes, sometimes people take the short term attitude and it's, if there's a great young lad just fire him in there play him every week and sometimes that fella ends up being burned out by the time he's 23, 24, 25 mm-hmm. I was just interested what you thought of that sort of well one how you feel about your apprenticeship looking back um, and if you think that sort of served yourself or
1: even if it serves other people in the long term. Yeah, it, it really just really depends on the team. So back then we had a really, really strong panel. Yeah. Like we had a strong panel of 35 players plus another 10, I'd say, that could have been actually in mm. on the panel. So back then, that structure, that system worked well for Kilkenny because it was a physical game. We had a big team, we had a strong team. And, you know, a lot of us were 20, 21 years of age who were good hurlers and who had potential to come up. Um, but obviously there was better holders there ahead of yeah, us like you'd so. come through on what you'd won an all our minor was it two minor 221 two, yeah. yeah so the 3 3 in the 4 years yeah, yeah so, so a lot of boys trying to come all, through yeah, well, I think we had maybe 7 off our 7 off our minor sorry now let me see we had sorry 7 off our 21 team on the panel the year previous to that there would have been maybe another seven or eight lads. You know, there could have been maybe a, a crossover of players still, but the year previous to that, then again there's probably nine or ten players. So there's huge like that there was a huge amount of players mm-hmm. coming through that time. Um with kenny there was a conveyor belt, that some people would, would have elicited to that back then, um, of huge talent. And again, talent can come and go, and people can you know, moving on to senior is a big step, my God, from minor to twenty one to, like, to senior is just just it's four or five steps, it's not one step, you because know, the the physicality, the intensity, the speed, the fitness, everything. And I I would have struggled with fit. Like, I would have been quite fit when I was younger, but um, definitely just midfield around that time. I remember 10 15 minutes into the game again, I would have been thinking, How can I survive this? You know, this is this is and incredible. Do, half side of Greece, so if the, if the jump up it's just it's huge, is just it takes time to get used to that. Yeah. And and to be honest, there is you have one or two players who can actually maybe make that jump. Yeah. You know, they're special players who have who are especially talented, may not have have the fitness, but they're hurling, might get them through actually, maybe those games. Um, So so back then, that system for us, I suppose, it worked because we had so much talent there. And it was frustrating. Like, we probably had players who probably did did move on, to be honest, who probably could have hurled for a clean... If they'd been in another county, they would have been stars um, of that county because they were serious calibre hurlers. I remember looking, like, there was 15 of us on on the sideline for us. And I was looking around, I was like, my God, that team could go out and give that other team maybe a really good game. Like, that's how competitive we were back then. Um, And four years in, I was on and off the team I, I had a bad break of my skate fight in, 2000s, in of 2008 where I was actually playing league games playing really well happy, yeah. with, happy with my performance played that f- happened with the club was it? happened the club yeah. yeah it was a bad challenge I got a shoulder actually um, a bad shoulder in the chest but my hand came in front of me and that caught that and broke it badly so I had to get an oper- actually waited two or three weeks with a cast on it it didn't heal mm. so I had to get a screw into it three months like I came to final, I togged out. Thankfully, got to tuck out, but I could only hit the ball on my left side. Couldn't hit on my mm-hmm. right. But and I still hope maybe to get a run that day. Yeah. Like cause I had trained a few, a few sessions, um, but unfortunately, there was only one or two people who got brought on that day, which was unfortunate looking back. You know, mm-hmm. there could have been easy. Another three players that come brought in, especially with the the scoreline against Waterford that day. Um, 2007, I would have played in the All Ireland final. Half time came on, and said Henry, Henry done his crew shit but again. I was very happy with my performance. So things were looking up, but. I, I, maybe my consistency, you know. Martin Forte said to me, I'm not consistent enough, maybe in training, and maybe he was right in some cases, but. In other cases I thought like, Look yeah Give the fella maybe a chance Give him a run maybe And see But with so much competition mm. And so much to, to juggle from And Michael Rice Would have been playing Forwards around those Couple of years And he would have been A midfielder with me At 21 And I would have seen him As a really good midfielder And I, at times I, w- I wondered Why isn't he midfield, You know Because he's um, And I said Thank God he's not Because he would have been Challenged with me again yeah. As well as Derek Ling Chaffetz then came out Around 2009 To play midfield With the club Scored by 7 or 8 points, and he was partnered up me that day, I scored 1-1 one, one or something, he got 7 points, so he then was seen as a midfielder maybe, and then he started playing very well, massive, uh, real confident player, confident player as well, so we had about 4 or 5 lads going for 2 spots, and um, and yeah, 2009 then came, um, played some league games, we had, we had a really strong team for those league games, Like it was, it was unusual to actually have Henry was playing, JJ, Tom, everyone was playing, and as midfield for a lot of those games, played well, like quite well, Uh, Even though the games were highly intense and they were tough, uh, got about the mumps then, that that kept me out to play for about two months and then we were playing Galway in about two or three weeks and I was coming around to a bit of Hurland Cha, had an injury, Derek Ling had an injury, I had an injury but I I, I was recovering from the mumps but I was like yeah I'll put myself forward for this. And unfortunately, that game didn't go too well for me. And I was basically, I think, not really looked upon then after okay. that. Even though I was down trend and I was down on my own, I was doing this, doing that. I was, I was actually hurling well yeah. in, in the sessions. I actually, was like, yeah, I'm actually going well here now. I might have got the better of Derek today, or got the better of Cha. But I think my mind was made up. Maybe that. Mike, maybe he's not good enough okay. um, this year. So I kept plugging away, and I spoke to a few people that year, and I was getting disheartened. So I was captain. Do, do you question? Huh. Does, particularly for, again, you can you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but
0: the time you're you captain through the club success, isn't it? Yeah. Is that harder? Is that like, it, it, you, it, you can gloss over you want, but in terms of the ego, in terms of being there, does that eat? Does that eat in at you more
1: in terms of? That's harder. Still not getting playing like yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't say he deserved to play because you're captain it's um, the captain can be a burden to be yeah. honest you know on players I was 24 25, about 24 25 maybe I was it's about 25 maybe yeah 24-25 uh, I was still quite young mm. at the time and uh, obviously I wasn't a regular player Owen Reed actually turned. he was my, my club mate at the time too there was a of us on the panel yeah. he was next in line he turned it down came to me very difficult. I felt it very difficult to turn it sure. down because you just never know what could happen. So, um, so I took it on anyway, and yeah, and just it was a bit of a burden, obviously. And there was papers, I think, maybe with titles about the captain and invisible and bits and pieces. And I was avoiding that stuff, but I still yeah. got wind of it from pe- people. Still in July. Ah, it was. Still oh, it, was yeah. it was. And um, James McGarry was great that year for me, to be honest. He was our club. Manager that year with my father, and he would ring me coming up to games, maybe, or after a game that didn't come on, maybe he'd ring me in that. But uh, that Lancer final that year, I was, um, you know, again, I was not decent enough up to then because I knew I was, I, I was captain. I knew I, I needed to get, hopefully, I'll get on that day, maybe, mm. fingers crossed, I'll come on as a sub. But Chad Fitz was sub that day as well, like so he wasn't even starting, so he got on ahead of me, and there was five subs that went, that went on that day, and I remember. Sit beside James Ryle and I said oh my god what am I going to do here because I'd be expected to, to to say a speech maybe yeah. and I saw one or two people going out to Henry Henry obviously was, was captain that day instead of me and I saw one or two lads going out to my officials like bringing him up like and you know, also I was like okay actually maybe this is a good thing now he, he can do it but I still felt horribly anxious yeah, just and oh, just people looking at me maybe I know the subs were around probably looking at me too maybe and they want to say that neither mm. so and Henry just comes over grabs me and goes, your captain, go up there and get the cup. I try to be track I on everything. And here he was, trying to go, stay off your quickly, will you? Yeah. So I, I took me top. I think the bottoms was left on, maybe. But that was probably one of the worst times in my yeah. life, I'd say. You know, going up, making a speech, I could not. Even to try and get a smile on my face was difficult. Mm. I was red in the face. And it's probably one of the most embarrassing times, I'd say. And people might think he's ungrateful, maybe. And, um, and funnily enough, in 2007, we would have won the All-Ireland Final Club that year. Tom Coogan, club mate. He was captain that year and he didn't get to come on that day and that never resonated yeah. with me at all that like he didn't get to come on. And, and I saw Tom lift a cup. He said a great speech. And I said, God, Tom, Tom must be delighted, you know, I never thought, I, I just thought he would be delighted. And yeah. uh, it was afterwards then, actually, maybe someone said, I think it saw to me and said, yeah, he was really disappointed. People were saying, why didn't you bring, bring him on? Like, you know, and, but it still didn't resonate with me, actually, how the of coming on. I just thought maybe, actually, yeah, sure, he he's privileged to be obviously captain. Sure but uh, obviously <laughs> just, uh, the penny dropped to me in 2009 when I had to do that and I I was just in a bad place and again we spoke to one or two lads about it and they were saying look just keep keep going and maybe and we'd have got one or two phone calls then leading up to the All-Ireland um, about maybe dropping the captaincy maybe uh, from close people mm. and uh, very close people were saying look you're better off maybe just getting rid of this and Was it feeling the burden on your shoulders like? That was yeah. a heavy, it was a heavy burden because we, we bet Watford for semi final and again it didn't come on um, and I would have been you know, throwing everything into kitchen sink that time and, and to be honest I Mark remember marking in some training sessions like I was probably marked over the Chad was in a great form that time he was marking Derek Ling over marking Richie Mullally over marking Michael Rice over uh, Michael Rice was r- hurling really well that year too like, so there was just the lads were in great form to be honest and some days I'd play well too but they were ahead ahead of me to be honest but not coming on then obviously made it harder and then in the final itself then I remember the saying, right three, we have three weeks to the final four weeks again we spoke to James McGarry beforehand with, with a phone call and I was just saying, he was saying look just throw everything at this just every session just leave everything out there and that's what I did I said look I'm going to do everything I can here now and if it's not good enough it's not good enough and, and we'll leave at that and I kind of made a decision to, to ring Henry to say look do you want the captaincy or what, what, what do you want to do and he said look you're the captain it's yours um, you know and so I actually had a speech kind of somewhere in my head sort of truth beforehand that was it I was captain I was happy enough with that time whatever happens happens yeah. and, um, and I was content with that I was praying to God to come on like that day I was just you know on the sideline and I was just you know hoping hoping and mm-hmm. the game was probably going, coming away from us um, in that, in that, but never, we are never panicking you know I don't think we ever panicked in that day Funny enough even though PJ Ryan was putting off unbelievable saves and I was just like you know was actually I was at that game that day he was oh I was on the Tip flying they were yeah. well on top in certain areas like Seamus Cannon was, was unbelievable that day and, and thankfully I got the call and TJ got the call my, my club mate at the time as well mm-hmm. and TJ was quite young at the time as well he might be maybe 20 maybe and um, and the two was just you know right let's get in here quickly and um, and Brian said just go and, out go and hurl you know go get the ball and go with it like and and um, and that was it. And thankfully, I got a point that day and hit, hit one or two balls. But it was great, great to get in. Like, you know, really it really was. It must have been a huge sense oh, of relief. Off. It was. It was yeah. a, a, someone said to me, a fairytale ending. It, it wasn't a fairytale ending. No. It wasn't a fairytale year by far. But I have to say, it really did make life so much easier yeah. for me. It made life so much easier for my family. They wouldn't have said much to me that year, I'd say. I know they were they were there for me they did mm-hmm. their text and, and, and that but they you know they found it difficult I suppose to bring up to, to broach the, the the subject and I probably wasn't really talking about either but definitely they were probably feeling a lot, of, lot more pressure than I yeah. was maybe because of newspaper things of of public talk they would have been in the that surrounding in the stadium as well maybe like you mm-hmm. know so they would have went through a lot maybe worse scenarios than I did but they definitely it, it, look, it, it, it made life easier to, to go up and say the speech you know we had the uh, they, that, that year they wanted just, you know, no one coming in onto the field and people broke in and stuff mm. like so I have to say it, it, was, a, it was a great spectacle I yeah. say. It, was one, it was it was my sporting career definitely probably was it's one of the highs maybe obviously lifting the cup and saying a speech and, and getting to come on but that year could have been if I didn't get to come on that year I'd say I would have, would have packed it in would you? I would definitely because like, from listening to you I, I, even, I, I wouldn't
0: have known I saw from a player I would have thought about what that was like from the, like, from your ego from your pride from your, for your own mental state but it obviously sounds like at the same time it was actually turned out to be quite a character building year for you and that like you took and you took that or the, the frustration I suppose and I mean
1: you really kick off from there though is that fair to say over like yeah like, again I, I was probably coming and going over those year, years like I got man and match in that 2007 Allard, and final with the club um, there was different things like that happening and and I, and I was going I was, I was going well at different times But it came on at half time in other 2007 played well had a really strong uh league campaign 2008 I was hurting really well 2009 I had one or two hairy games not great but then the play against Cork Tipperary played really well in those games as well in, in the league games and then got about a month so things were I was getting a lot of setbacks during those years unfortunately but, um, but I remember 2009 we we're, were on the holidays um, afterwards but actually I club kicking off straight away obviously and sometimes even in, the, even in the shower After the Ireland final I was thinking club Club mm-hmm. action now Next week, and Because I didn't get to Hurl a whole lot Maybe sure. in those games And that's for me I need to show myself In those games So we would have won The four in a row as well With our club yeah. During those four years From 06 to 09 Which was important for me So um, then the, Obviously then We kept going that year To the Ireland final We got to the Ireland Club, club Ireland final 2010 and, um, and we won that And I actually got A ham- bad hamstring tear t- a, a grade three In that final And so I was like God above now This is March I've had no league games and obviously back then we had a strong panel so yeah. you, you need to get in into the league to really sh- to try and get into championship because once you hold your place once you get in there you can maybe hold your place yeah. easier than actually to get in that's the way I looked at it so I was like this is not good now um, out for another four or five weeks um, but thankfully got, to, got a bit of hurling to me got to start and never looked back since I suppose but in 2009 on the holiday I remember talking to Michael Kavanagh in the pool and I was saying, i give him it one more year, and that's it. And definitely. Mm. And he was kind of looking at me, kind of, you know, like, Are you sure, like, you know. But I, I knew by him too, like, he was kind of, he knew my frustrations, you know, I was on and off. He was playing since he was 19 years of age on the team. He didn't know what it was like. And we're talking to Noel Hickey in his last year with Kenny. He was sub, I think maybe it was 2014, maybe. He was, yeah, maybe 12 or 14, I'm not sure which one it was, when Noel uh, moved on. But um, I remember Taunton Valley Hill after we won the the All Ireland and that, and we're celebrating on the, month, the Tuesday night down there, and he said, "This this is no crack at all." Being a, <laughs> being a, being a sub black like he said, "God, how'd you do it?" And I, for flows years, and I said, if "We did. A good few was pulled in," and I, I said, I, "I nearly packed it in too, to be honest." And like John Dalton, he another exceptional hurler as well. Like he would have moved on maybe quite early in his career too. Mm. I don't know if he twenty seven, twenty eight, and he and he. Went went side, John Tennyson was unfortunate with a, a cruciate injury, which which unfortunately he had to move on. Like he was all six centre back. People have seen him as the, the next centre back for the next ten years, yeah. and through shoulder injuries and knee injuries, he he got caught up. Brian Hogan was competing for that place too and got in there too and held on to it. So huge competition. Mm-hmm. And if someone gets an injury, that could be your that that could be a good thing for you nearly to get in there. Uh, obviously, it's, it's not great for the team, or not great for that player. But sometimes like that things, small things like that can actually get you in the team and then you can hold your place. So it's a, it's a it's a minefield, to be honest. Yeah, like that's what... Like, I, I
0: was just laughing there as we were talking about it, like Because even like... So, like, from the from the new perspective, they look in, they think, like, Henny great. You know, they're thereabouts every year. Loads of All-Irelands. But even just from the little conversation there, like, there's so many ups and downs in between and twists and turns oh. and spikes and troughs. Um, and I suppose you, you've clearly had loads of good days and some some really bad ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um I suppose... just <laughs> even that, like, I'm, I'm just thinking there, just talking like what's what's life outside of either like as all this is going on how are you managing that when you know
1: that world is, is yeah. spiky like yeah it's it is it is spiky yeah and look we've been very fortunate for the success we've had like you know, over the years like I know some players same career as me with 10 or 11 years and they have no all Ireland finals they've right. won maybe like you know so very fortunate to have eight all-earned it's 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 yeah. mad and I don't really think about it now to be honest um but maybe in years to come I might reflect back and say God yeah we were very fortunate mm-hmm. to, to, to have done what we did but um, life outside is alright you know it's, it's good obviously there's an expectation of you when you play like you, you, you've set a level now for yourself so that probably brings extra pressures maybe on, on certain players that like you've trying tried to try and reach to that potential every time or reach to that standard and if he if goes small but underneath it yeah. God he wasn't great you know like TJ Reed Reid would have been TJ is an exceptional harder. like and mm-hmm. people are expecting him to dictate games every time now like you know which, which does add pressure yeah, like you course know. Does, yeah. um, and he would have he nearly retired himself funnily enough he nearly stepped away a number of years back as well because he wasn't getting his place mm. and um, again it's, it's amazing how actually some players could have actually fell off the, the, the bandwagon and and you know, any team could be a lot more different over the last number of years um, might have had the same success like, but, but again it, it just shows yeah, how, how them small things and small margins there can, can go one way or the other way so easily but life outside is good obviously hurling is a big big part of of my life my family life and, and it's not it's the norm it's not, it's not any different one thing is for straight, and I suppose you can't plan you know we've been we've been successful enough with our club too over the last couple of years and we haven't won won a whole lot but um, we, we we do normally get to maybe the end of October or so but you might have only a few, a few weeks off you know yeah. I'd say the most I've ever had is maybe four weeks off for an off season um, and that was I remember we we, we we did four in a row, obviously with Kenny from 06 to 09. We did the four in a row with the club the same years, so we went went on to um, to Leinster yeah. and maybe onwards again to to Club All Ireland. So, not the hurling that I was doing back then, and obviously with college, uh, a small bit of college at the time too hurling. Uh, so it was constant, and I wouldn't have got much weights or gym programs in around that time because we would no off season. Like we mm. were hurling straight through, yeah. straight through the year. So, um, so that was look, it was good. But um, but definitely You do need an off season I think And whether it's playing A bit of soccer Or playing golf Or whatever It's good to switch off But like four weeks Is, is not enough You know you, you take two weeks off Probably physically Mentally yeah. But then the last two weeks Of that four week break You're actually beginning To To think, think about going to back To going back So before you're even Being called back You're actually Mind is getting back To that way You're minding yourself A lot more I would have seen players Back um before 2010, over those four or five, six years, they would have come back maybe a bit heavier. Um, body weight would have been heavier, obviously uh, higher body fat percentages. Um, you know, fitness terrible. And, you know, that was the norm. Now, yeah. You don't get to start from scratch anymore. Lads are back and they're back with a bit of fitness. Yeah. They're um, smart. They're not as overweight. Obviously, they have a the small bit more weight in them. And obviously, you, you do need to to take a break and to chill out. But it's um it's the mental thing really. I think that you need to switch off and it's difficult because mm. um, teams are coming back earlier. There's you know there's more. Backroom teams now. There's more things going on, and you're looking for that extra edge yourself, then as well. Like so, you're wondering how can I get back on the team, or how can I get in there? How can I? What can we do to beat to get back up to those levels again? Like so, you're always thinking about that too. But um, but it's important to switch off and play a bit of golf, or go for a walk, or read a book. You know, and I I try and do a bit that times. You know, because um it's healthy and Ooh. it's good for you, and it's um, it's good to step away from the hurling and, and try and um, re- refreshing the brain, I suppose. Within
0: a season that particularly for yourself, where so say that was those, those four years with the club where it was rolling one after the other and around and around we go mm-hmm. again where is like you're your, what age are you you're in your mid-twenties in sort of is early twenties 20s, 20s, mid-twenties 20s is going, yeah. like is career on your radar there or
1: are you just happy enough working mm-hmm. on because you want to hurl at that time it was a massive appetite to, to, to hurl and to win and, and mm-hmm. to be successful and to play for Kilkenny and to play for Ballyhill uh, career wise Again, I, I kind of fell into my job at Ulster Bank. Came out of college, got a job straight away, and I was you know, I was in a bank. A lot of my um, friends and um, and other college students in my year would have been working in restaurants and that. Sure, a lot of them had to emigrate because the jobs were actually um, there was very little jobs. So I was very fortunate to have a job and was working in a bank. And so I was actually happy enough working in Kilkenny, Very little travel. Uh, I was hurling there, obviously as well. So everything revolved around Kilkenny for me, and that was important. So I had a I had a great um, a great structure to my day. Um, the Pembroke Hotel there John Ryan was great for me he'd say look come in for your dinner every day so in there big dinner every single time didn't have to worry about where I'm going to get lunch um Again, I would have got a car as well, maybe a bit later on, 2011 again. So that was something, again, a bit of stability, looking after, not to be worrying about paying out for a car and all that kind of stuff. So them kind of things were helping. And But I had a, I, I had a set up to my day, a process where I'd be eating a scone. I'd have my breakfast in the morning. I'd have a scone at 10 o'clock. I'd have my dinner in the Pembroke Hotel. I'd have um, a nutrition bar, maybe at 3 o'clock and a yoghurt. And then I'd be having a sandwich in or something before training. So my day was just really really structured and really regular. And that helped because I knew where I was every day. I was in the office. You know, I I remember ringing up... uh, one of the water companies saying, look, we need a water tank in, in the office here where I am. Because there's one upstairs. It's like, I'm not going upstairs every single day from <laughs> Let's get it in here. Because I was drinking about four liters of yeah. water a day. So I, I wasn't out on the road a whole lot either. So for me, that worked really well for my hurling right. um, career. Um, even though it was a tough job, I was nine to five and you are kind of stuck to the computer. I still had a bit of flexibility here and there. I would have loved to have had my gym session er- earlier on that day, maybe, or to nip off a bit earlier. or, or, or you know, That kind of stuff. I didn't have that flexibility you now. I, I, was, I was there nine to five and that was that. To a degree, but now my election role obviously you have summers off, which I found difficult for a year or two because I'm, I'm normally on the go, I'm normally in the move, I don't like just yeah. sitting on a couch all day watching and the TV. structure. Was then set up, yeah, yeah. I, 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 found it up. Up. I found it hard, yeah, from um, from my Ulster Bank days to uh, to college. And funny enough, someone would say, "Ah, oh, god, how could you find that hard being off the summer? But yeah, I just like what I do with myself, and what I do when I was looking at other things, looking at other business ideas, and and um, yeah, I found it hard to at, at the start, but now I'm I'm better now. But I need to be yeah. busy. I need to be kept going. Um, I don't like staying in bed late in the mornings. I'd rather be up and going and just ha- have the mind a bit busy, I suppose, while doing the gym session, yeah. while doing your bit of swimming, while doing your um, your mobility or rehab. So that gave me great flexibility and great time to focus more on my career, on my puck and my touch. So just summer summertime for me is is really revolved around the, the, the hurling and doing, my, me doing a bit extra where other players unfortunately they're in office jobs they're on the road they're not having the same flexibility as I am so a lot of them are teachers and and that makes life a bit easier for us that decision you made to, to leave the Ulster Bank and go back to college where I suppose where did that come from or
0: why did you do that because yeah. obviously it was a big decision you're obviously leaving full-time employment getting your wages to go back to college was that... Was a part of you sort of waking up to thinking, I have to start putting stuff in place
1: for when I stop playing here? I need to start a- Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, was, it wasn't actually a hurling decision in terms of, oh, great. If I went to lecture and I'd have mm. summers off. Like, you know, I, I knew of that job and I knew that could happen. What are you lecturing in? Just In, in coaching, nutrition and injuries. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm lecturing in and um, for, for LIT. But um, what I found was... Um, What's the question, actually, again, Alan, um, on that? It was, oh, yeah, sorry, why did I move on? Yeah, the decision to go back to, to, college, go back to college. because college, obviously, yeah. I think, the, for,
0: the reason I ask you that, Mick, is that sort of people just associate, like, sometimes with J just taking the handy job mm-hmm. and doing the nine-to-five and taking, if it's the rep job or the bank job. But obviously, you, might, you made a conscious decision to sort of to to throw back, that yeah. back and to do something for you. And I just think it's a really
1: interesting yeah. talking point. Yeah, I was about twenty seven at the time, so still in a recession. Uh, banking was was getting tougher at the time because of uh, people were in stress, you know. And I, it was time for me to maybe to move on as well to um, to maybe a manager role, mm. you know, because I'm I, I like to get be empowered. I like to move on and new new tasks and new new challenges and. Obviously, I was looking at myself, do I, will I have a future in, in the banking role? And I was looking at other managers and, and they were under a lot of stress and a lot of mm-hmm. pressure as well. And financially, you know, in accounting terms, it wasn't that great. Um, so I was like, God, that, that's going to make life a bit harder for me too, I think. So I was kind of saying to myself, God, do I want this? And I was always interested in um, strength and conditioning and training. Like, why do we do certain things maybe? And I would have spoke to Dempsey probably on numerous occasions before even thinking about changing jobs about kind of fitness and programs and gym programs and i always want to know why we do it and you know you had a natural interest, in it, natural like? interest yeah. yeah and then i went just looking at a course and i saw and i wasn't sure exactly what it was to be honest either right. like, so i wasn't saying oh, i definitely want to do lecture this one mm-hmm. i knew lecture was was an opportunity but it's very hard to get into it would i like it mm-hmm. i said to myself 10 15 years ago i'd never do teaching <laughs> um so i thought like yeah. well, lecture was never for me to be honest our teaching was never for me um so then i looked at the course down ul and i saw there was a bit of nutrition in the Masters, there was video analysis, there was S&C, biomechanics, psychology. And I said, God, that's, it touches on all the areas maybe that I might like, but I wasn't sure exactly what area I wanted to go down study, okay. So I said, this actually could be ideal for me. Yeah. And there was voluntary severance was given out, applied for that maybe, and spoke to a good few people. And a few people would ask me, even my family said, look, are you sure about this? Yeah, you know? no, gosh,
0: it's a big yeah. decision to, to leave the and role they never, and go back. Yeah, they never
1: said, like, oh, I don't think you should do this, sir. But, but I, I, I had planned out in my head, look, I do this course I'm after taking a small few quid with me I was in bank for five Hmm. years but it's it's a few quid to pay for the masters I was QFA qualified so I could go back to banking if I wanted to I could maybe go into insurance and other things as well so I had a backup plan if this course didn't work out for me if I didn't like it or whatever it may be um, if I couldn't get a job in the sporting industry um, I could go back to banking and the sporting industry look people would ask me you know this sounds like a great idea like everyone was really positive to be fair as well but they'd say and what kind of job would you get and Mm -hmm. it's like well, <laughs> yeah. no, um, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I generally feel hard. I say, there is a bit of lecturing you can do maybe in it. Uh, that's one option. Maybe I was saying at the time, count, uh, county teams were bringing in kind of directors of sport in, in their in their county, uh, with um, kind of looking after underage maybe or sure. looking after senior teams. So these these job roles were evolving around that time for the first time. And I was kind of saying, yeah, I'd, I'd like a job like that maybe. And but again, in Kilkenny, it mightn't happen. And again, you're you're. Sports, you're, you're your your everyday job then could be actually hurling and training in an S and C and then you're going training yourself then and I said, God, that'll be a that's a lot now going on in terms and of Have you ever found that heavy going over the last while or are you okay with it? No, I, I've been okay with it because I've been you know, I lecture on S and C and a lecture on nutrition and mm-hmm. that so I find that good. But if I had to be actually doing coaching on a yeah, daily it's not, basis it's not it's, 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 sports yeah exactly and not, not out in the field doing coaching on a daily basis because yeah. a lot of them lads would have to actually do coaching as well during the summer in particular um, like Kyle Craig is up there in, uh, looking after Connacht yes. and he's you know he's hands on with the teams the development squads and and I definitely would find it a lot harder now mm-hmm. to try you and know, you, you need to get away from all that you know? so that's what I, I would have thought in a way so, so yeah to pick a job was, was difficult but did the course enjoyed it and got me me, me, me honours uh, got the thesis done and then it was time to um, to, yeah, to get a job and I applied for a few places and nothing happening there. I was meeting people. Every, I'd be up in the morning at 8 o'clock and I'd be home at 9 o'clock mm. and I'd be meeting everyone and anyone with business ideas, this, that and the other. Uh, talking to the county board about maybe setting up maybe something with with underage teams and schools and with s and you know I was very very passionate about maybe uh, strength and conditioning in terms of um, resistance training programs for underage to you know these boys need to we need to prevent injuries mm-hmm. we need to get these legs like, stronger their bones stronger joints stronger their muscles stronger because um, obviously hurling is a physical game as well but more importantly further to be injury prevention because a lot of from my from my history and again from what I've learned um when you're going in from 192021 20, into the senior Kenny team you got to have a bit of strength in it. you got to have, you know, good technique, especially if you're going into lifting weights and that. You need to have, you know, you need to have a number of years, to be honest, the foundation of that bit of core work, of of the technique work, um, to have some bit of strength going in there because a lot of us didn't have it. And I suppose we were rushing maybe to try and get up to those levels of strength in that. Maybe you're pushing the body yeah. maybe too quickly. So I was very passionate at that time. So that that is happening now in Kenny, which is great over the last couple of years to do a small bit on it. But other counties are probably ahead in, in that area. And I... I like there's more roles like that coming in now as well, which is great to see. And that's going to involve more, I'd say. i say every county board or every county will have some some sort of uh, strength and conditioning role for the underage um, s- systems or setups and have academies. And it's, it's for the health and, and the good of the players, really, I think. So um, so thankfully, I got a job in, in LAT and Satan College for online stuff in lecturing. And again, I wasn't sure if I like it or not and even I remember looking over notes for the first few weeks and it's like oh god I don't know can I do this you know I was questioning yeah. myself and spoke to one of the girls who was actually Claire Brady who's was a lecturer at the time she goes you'll be fine you'll be well able for this because it was completely new to me and just yeah got up and did it and and one thing that really um, helped me for my lecturing was I used to do medals presentations um, over the years be asked to do it or do a motivation talk yeah. bits and bits and pieces and even though I'd be highly nervous doing mm-hmm. it um, and maybe not wanting to do something maybe but i said, say look I'll do it anyway and that put me out there and it, it talking to people trying to learn off maybe a, a, a bit of a speech maybe or, or just giving those talks and that gave me confidence to be honest and even though I was massively nervous doing it afterwards I'd feel great about it. and um, so I think that helped me massively to actually go on and, and present because some people actually just cannot talk in front, front of people to just not able to do it and it's practice it's putting yourself in that uncomfort- uncomfortable position or taking yourself out of comfort zone which a lot of people need to do and I think I learned a lot from that to be honest just yeah. doing well, that meddle's presentation
0: sometimes we forget about sort of the little things that you get exposed to and even so another example of that is like going to do your media duties as part of a team or whatever you just mm-hmm. get used to speaking your, yeah. your thoughts in front of a group or whatever I um, suppose you, you reference getting out of your comfort zone there and it's clearly like since going back to college I think that's that's something you're you're constantly chipping away at a little bit yourself I know that you've set up coach finder as well with
1: Anthony Cunningham isn't it yes um, so might tell us a little bit about what that is in terms of yeah just a quick snapshot of what I suppose said, Anthony I met each other um, properly the All-Stars 2015 I would have met him after one of the all uh, 2014 I think when, when or, or sorry 15 maybe after the all ireland when we played him um, I met him in the players lounge afterwards and just chatting to him just I, I happened to be standing beside him seemed like a nice fella and then we're on the All Stars trip and funny enough I was sitting beside his wife um, uh, on the way over to um, to Dallas and I didn't realise it was his wife for a few minutes and then she was oh, I'm Anthony Cunningham's wife and me and we're like oh how are things and whatever?" and uh, we're having a chat and just having a bit of crack oh, you were behaving yourself right? You? <laughs> 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 we're having a bit of crack and um, it was funny enough after, after a two or three days you know, I got very friendly with me and, and Anthony and she was like saying God above all you any lads you're all actually sound you know yeah. I, I wouldn't like any of you she was saying and got fierce with Anthony and he was on with the club and stuff and. Uh, and p- people on to him about you know managers and and who you think for this job and w- would someone do be good for this number for, for, for teams and so forth and I was saying yeah I was thinking something similar a few years back but then I was thinking how would you set it up or how would you do it and he was like maybe a website and I was like yeah and then that, that was it and then for a two or two days I was, that was in my head because I love business I love business talk mm-hmm. love thinking about things and, and creating ideas uh, but maybe I might be that great of, of delivering it you know thinking is, is one thing but actually delivering is another so then you know I remember meeting met him in the airport and said look let's actually have a chat about this we we'll go home and so I've been thinking about a bit, a bit more, maybe, and this, this kind of a matching kind of a service, a recruitment service could, could actually work. So then we went, came home and we sent out a few emails, a few surveys to actually see, first of all, is there a need for this? Because mm. again, we didn't want to be setting up something that um, that there was no point to, and there was a need for it from, from what we found. Uh, so we set up a website basically where clubs can come on, register their details, looking for an SNC coach, or a manager, or a physio, or a nutritionist, or, a, or just a, a want session with someone to okay. register details, what exactly they want coaches will register with us as well who are looking for jobs who are looking for these one-off sessions Um, you know it can be a psychologist it can be a nutritionist a physio and again if they like a particular job they can just apply for it now online Um, if the club likes their CV likes what they see they will basically accept them have a chat have an interview maybe and go from there so that's the service we're doing we've changed the website around now to make it more streamlined to make it easier what is the website? Uh, it's www.coachfinder.club Okay. and again we're trying to get out there more obviously a lot of clubs and and people are not aware of it so again we're we're at the early stages but the website now is is, it's pretty good Mm -hmm. and the background is very very strong to it now we'll make it a lot more streamlined for them to to meet up and to see who's out there and because a lot of time you, you might, you know, no, no offense to managers, and a lot of people actually are going away from management because yeah. there's so much pressure now involved in it. Absolutely, but the same people probably go around to different clubs On and stuff. Circuits. So, and we have a lot of strong people coming through colleges now, who people are, who are unaware of because SNC has gone really big mm-hmm. now. So um, we have access to them. I have access to a lot of them in LAT, seeing them coming through, and they're top top daughter. They know the, the needs of players. They know about the coaching, the bit of psychology, the nutritionist. So they know elements of that. You still will need other people as well and other specialists. But um, but it's good that that's coming through. And I think clubs now when people are realizing, okay, we need someone here who actually has a qualification. Yeah, actually, the, the classic thing was always, you know, you, you get a club
0: chairman or a manager, ring someone and says, do you know someone? And yeah. then you get in touch with someone. And just because they're the person you got in touch with, you sort of go with them. Exactly. So yeah. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm just trying to read between the lines.
1: But it's actually trying to help the clubs find the right person the for right them clubs, yeah. and, and the, cl- the coach to find the right club for them as yeah. well like as in you could have 10 maybe jobs there with different clubs but you know and maybe 3 or 4 of them around your area or maybe it's, it's a youth development that you're looking for it's a younger team and you want to go in maybe and try and progress okay. these younger players so it's exactly it it's, it's what meets your needs which is the key to this thing and, and you, st- you will still have people obviously word of mouth and stuff and that's fine and, and that's good and probably will be committees set up but I think this website really will help a lot more with clubs and with SNC coaches and picking the right people who have the qualifications mm-hmm. because there's no point saying now oh, that fellow won a couple of they there back in the yeah. day like that day is long gone mm-hmm. you have younger lads coming through now who know their stuff coaching you know, no, one, no one can actually just step up and coach you need to actually be educated you now in terms of what you're saying your coaching cues you know how you present yourself how you talk how you communicate so from there myself and Anthony decided like look you know the core element of our business is yeah, matching up people um, with, with the clubs. But now we're saying, look, they need to be coached now as well. So we have a mentorship program set up. Um, it's online as well. it's online in terms of um, advertising, advertising it on the website. Um, we have a, a form there you can fill out basically about your strengths and weaknesses and a bit about yourself and, and where you can improve in that. And basically, if you want to meet, meet myself or Anthony, we'll meet them, go through basically um, how to improve your communication skills, how to give proper feedback to players how to improve your coaching, um, how to do one-on-one meetings. So again, people are, are not educated on it. And mm-hmm. So this is a small snapshot, maybe a small workshop of doing that mentorship program. And a lot of it's pictures and it's, it's, it's easy to understand. And again, the way we will deliver it will be easy and even a bit of fun, to be honest. So that's another product we're looking at. There's two more products as well. We have a leadership workshop now happening as well. Um, my background now, I'm, I'm upscaling in leadership at the moment. I've done a Jim Madden program in the G, with a GPA on leadership. Did that 2016. Went on from there to do an accreditation of a cert in Maynute uh, in leadership. So that's complete now as well. And now in September, coming now, I'm starting a PhD in leadership and coaching. Okay. So I'm revolving my, myself around that area of coaching and leadership. I, it's a niche there that I love, I like, I'm passionate about. Um, so I'm looking forward to a four-year study, which it's going to take a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. But again, I, I do want to coach when I'm older. So, you know, for me, this, this, this ties in lovely with my... My lecturing career, because obviously you do need a PhD now for lecturing, it ties in with um, doing some leadership talks with corporate companies. So, you know, we're dealing with one company out in Dublin where we've actually workshops set up at the end of September. Um, So, again, that day will consist of um, leadership kind of activities, of team building, of trust, of communication. So whatever the company is lacking, we will Mm -hmm. build activities around that where people will come together, managers, and actually um, help them, I suppose, help build relationships, really. I'll do a presentation on culture and leadership through kind of sport and business because I have a business studies background as well. Uh, four years a degree I done down in Cork. And um, and as well as that, you know, you kind of a brainstorm um, as well about the values of a company. So, you know, companies are growing quite quickly now and maybe they need to, you know, just really look at maybe the leaders in groups, try and develop greed, leaders, unlock potential in certain employees because, again, people there are certain things you can unlock from employees and there's plenty of talent within that within companies cool. and it's just a matter of maybe getting the best out of them so we want to invest maybe in companies and the last thing that we're doing is youth development workshops we've done a few of them already we've done two or three in Galway one or two in Offaly where basically again we're putting in programs for for younger players to again it's resistant exercise it's bodyweight exercises normally um getting the technique right the form rolling the mobility all that's very very important the nutrition again mm-hmm. like the nutrition at that age is, is, is key is great those exercises are gonna be great uh, a bit about psychology maybe and a bit about the skills and coaching so uh, and we can help mentors as well maybe you know about their coaching and come up with different drills maybe in wall ball kind of games and stuff so we're in that area at the moment, and uh, sounds great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's going, yeah. It's, it's going to evolve. It's going to get better. Um, there's a lot on. To be honest, as well, as so I'm going to say. say, I probably need to be you know, be careful because I, I can take on a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, everything is everything is in the one area for me, like the leadership, the coaching. Um, obviously, I've the lecture in there then as well. With that, I've the co- we've coached Finder helping clubs, which I'm doing already. I'm hurling in that space as well. I'm massively interested in coaching and how and, and how the, all that works. Um, so. It's all in one area at me, and it all is interlinked. So it's it's good. it's good. It's a good good place to be. How um
0: how satisfying it? Like well, maybe satisfying not the right word, but to be able to take say the theory of leadership that you, that you learn, or the theory of business, and help actually a wider group understand it through maybe lessons that you've learned through sport, which I imagine is, is a good chunk of it, is it? Because I think yeah, a lot of people I know from my own experience, a lot of people relate to the sport and stories and metaphors and sort of translating it across. Is that satisfying to be able to do that and sort of fuse the two together?
1: No, love it. Like yeah. that's, that's why I'm probably more passionate about the nighting is actually delivering kind of workshops to corporate companies where you can help them understand it better and to learn. And just to give them the knowledge, I have been lecture in the last three years, so I've seen what kind of has worked with students in terms of mm-hmm. them actually taking in information because yeah. there's no point me yapping there for an hour talking about all sorts of stuff. You need to be interactive. Pictures are always good. Um I love animations as well for, for presentations where you have things flying in because you're keeping the person's yeah, t- attention the, the attention span of a human is 7 seconds uh, a goldfish is 9 seconds a goldfish is more a, a better t- attention span than a, than a human so yeah within 7 or 8 seconds someone will switch off yeah. and, and that's the thing so we need to keep their attention so that's why the presentation I, I feel is quite good that way and it's true sport it's true rugby it's true Um, I've read autobi- autobiographies from different players um, my own experience through Kilkenny um, some stories like that maybe as well obviously we have Brian Cody who's the best manager of all time again learning from him learning from different coaches from, from different books as I said again I've, I've done a lot of re- reading so it's all that it's just not from my own experience mm. it's from um, from reading other books and to be honest that's going to continue It's you're always evolving you're always learning and your philosophy will probably change the whole time to be honest of coaching or, or whatever it may be so I really like that uh, and that's the area I'm really passionate about more than anything than is actually educating people about how to talk to someone how to actually get them to learn a new skill maybe you know and if you're not if you're doing something wrong you know how do you go about it? how do you actually you don't come out and say look you're doing this wrong you need to do this like that's the worst thing you could do yeah you got to say alan how did you find that you know and you'd say look yeah I, I, so I struggle in this area well how do you think you can actually make that better um and then you might direct them a small bit in that way mm-hmm. and if you can actually get the answer yourself you will retain that for longer. You re- retain that for two or three weeks longer than me telling you the answer. You'll forget that within a day or two. So once you can actually understand it in your own brain, that's when uh, you will keep that for longer. And, you know, that's when you're adding value to people. So there's no point telling them what to do sure. telling them the, telling them the values of a business. They got a Employees got to come up with values. They got to feel like, look, this is our business. We're empowered and we want to excel in the business. So it's all that kind of area, which which I love. And yeah. I said very... One well, the last things I was, going to, th- was just going to ask you about was because I
0: heard on a previous... Interview that you did a couple of weeks ago on News Talk it was around, and you directly referenced sort of the, the the life coach through the GPA Leadership Program that you mentioned. Because the reason I bring it up is that it goes back to people's perceptions of say a Kenny like All Ireland winner or, or Dublin football or Leitrim County player, whatever it may be. But you only know, just think like, oh, leader, like, and you are. But also, there is a thing, it's a constant process of adding to yourself, mm-hmm. and I suppose trying to help people understand that sort of the importance of sort of self-awareness and, and asking yourself some questions, get yourself better. Was that beneficial you, Was that to you? Sorry, I rambled
1: on about yeah, that no. question, but you get what I'm getting at. No, I do, yeah. No, without a doubt. Like, I I would have spoke that day about, you know, I, I didn't require the GPA back in 06 to 2010 oh. because, to be honest, i only still up maybe about, f- from all, just up in 02, sort of four years in existence when I came in, in 06, still a rel- relatively new recognized by the GA maybe until later on, maybe oh eight or nine, I'm not certain on the date, but anyway. Um but the GPA obviously yeah, they're, like they're there for advice and that. And, and I always found look that was good to have. And and to be honest, when I actually did make the change from um Ulster Bank to actually leaving it and going to do a masters, I did speak to the GPA. Oh. I did speak to him about like what they taught this idea, maybe, and and you know, met with one of the the life coaches at the time actually to go through a few bits and pieces and and he knew straight away from what I was talking, like Look, you want to do this, look. Yeah. I can see it, like you know. And sometimes you need to be taught, taught that, like you're talking it, and somebody say, Look, I can see it for me. You. You're passionate, you, you, you might have a love for this, and this is definitely worth the risk. And you have a backup plan, like so. I found that good in terms of your know, changing careers. Um, and obviously, then over the you know, that went on, that was 2013. And the GPA for me it was evolving more and more and more in terms of their services that they were offering, in terms of um, the mental support too for players, in terms of you're going through a bit of stress, a bad time, you know, even stress of playing hurling or getting mm-hmm. football, like that's, a lot of players go through that in terms of nerves and it's good to have someone there maybe to, to fall back on. So for me, it's always, it's a, it's a security to have that. And again, these things can be costly, but these, it's actually free for the yeah. GPA players. And that's, that's, that's excellent to have because obviously money can be strapped with some people. And again, you want a confidential as well. You might want to tell a whole lot of people and that's fine. Um, but for me then really in 2015, when I saw that leadership course, Jim Madden, that's when really I kind of dived into the whole thing and, um, and started re- realizing, okay, these are great. These are great services here that are being offered. I need to be utilizing these more. I was given a life coach during that process as well. And again, I got got to find out more about myself. I did a personality test with Fran as well. And and again, even though I knew bits and pieces about myself, to hear it from him and to see it actually, it's better. And I could understand myself better. I could understand myself, my weaknesses, my strengths. And again, that self-reflection of what I need to do better. What I need to do better in meetings, maybe I need to kind of hold back a bit. I do get quite passionate about things, but don't let it blind me. So I learned loads through that personality test, through talking to Fran, to find out more about myself, what, where and what I want to do. And I went on to do that accreditation for the, the leadership in, in Maynooth, And now here I am doing a PhD in September. And don't be jumping into a career just for the sake of it, because you don't know when you're going to get injured. You don't know when you're going to retire. You might be told you're, you're, you're not on the panel next year. Mm-hmm. And here you are in a job that you don't like. And where the hell am I going to go? And you fall, you fall into a hole, and you're lost. And I know the GPA are still there, and they will still guide you. But life is a hell of a lot harder. A lot more door, doors are going to be closed. So it's important that you find a career that's right for you, because uh, that will create happiness. If you're happy in your in your work life, in your in your everyday life. Your hurling or your Gaelic football will um will obviously um benefit from that as well. And that's proven. That's that's mm. a stat actually I think that Dermot Early had from an AFL study where they actually looked into it. And players are actually striving on the field because their family life or their personal lifestyle is in a good way. Well, I think that's the that's the perfect note to end on. I just want to say thanks a
0: million for your honesty and for your insight there over the last over the last hour or so. But I think the the reason I sort of brought up that question at the end is particularly true. You know, there's people everywhere that don't aren't enjoying their job or afraid to make a change, and sometimes it is about finding someone to trust to talk to, yeah. um, and that's job, that's that's your mental health, if that's relationship. Sometimes you just need to go and have a chat, with someone, and, and it's okay to do that. Um, but no, just thanks, a million so I wish you the best luck with everything. Overcome months and and into next year. It says for anyone that's from the from the coach finder that you, met, that you mentioned earlier on, that's coachfinder.club dot that club. Yeah. you can, they can check that out there. Um, and as I said, just again, just straight up, thanks, mail I wish you nothing but the best. And it sounds like it, it's an exciting. Coach. Couple of months and a few years ahead of you and i love the point you made that you know your playing career is a certain window but your life also goes on a lot after that um, and it sounds like you're in go to go space and the best local luck with it all cheers then 100 percent. thank you, thank you so much. before you pop those earphones out and stop listening i have one or two things that i'd love to run by you first of all i just want to thank McFenley again for his honesty and his insight The Kilkenny team is a group that has fascinated me over the years and it was just so enjoyable to hear from such an important part of that group about what it takes to be an individual and survive and thrive in such a competitive environment. If you've made it this far, I'm hoping you're now a fan of the Real Talks podcast and the unique insight we try to bring you each week. With that in mind, I have a small favour to ask. This is a tiny independent operation and by tiny, I mean I go and meet the lads with a recorder and two microphones that fit into an old cabin boot bag of mine. So if you've liked this interview, or any of the previous 11 for that matter, with the likes of Kevin McMenamin, Brendan Marr, Ian McGee, Cora Staunton, please just take a second to pop them into a WhatsApp group, or pass it on to a friend to help us spread the word. Our Real Talks, are all about quality over quantity, and that's why you never see us using sound bites out of context or trying to trick people into listening by using clickbait tactics. We try our best to make good content, so you choose to listen to it. And with that in mind... I just want to thank every single person who has helped us now rack up over 37,000 plays from over 80 countries including the likes of Cambodia, Cuba and Japan. It's just crazy every time I think of that but thanks to each and everyone who's helped make this happen and who's helping me grow in popularity. My name is Alan O'Mara and you've been listening to episode 12 of The Real Talks Podcast.